Hey there, demons. It's us, your girls. Welcome to the 16th Office Goblin Podcast. I'm S. And I'm D. And we are goblins, two goblins that have many thoughts, interests, and opinions about stuff and things. And today we are diving into the psychology of anime, uh, looking at portrayals of mental illness, different tropes we see, uh, the things that are done well, and the things that are perhaps exaggerated and are visible in other forms of popular culture. So, Miss D, why don't you kick things off for us? Yes, we promised last week, and here we are to deliver. I feel like the last few years, mental illness has become more acceptable to talk about. Yeah, less taboo for sure. Right, and I feel like that is finally starting to reflect in our media that we, you know, take in online. Mm -hmm. I think it's also finally reaching places where... Mental illness has always kind of been seen as taboo in a lot of areas, a lot of places. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's even stronger in Eastern cultures yes. where it's still there. You still don't talk about it. It's it's mm-hmm. seen as a burden to bear and an honor to bear, and you just don't discuss it. Yeah, and, and I could tell you as a first-generation person uh, <laughs> that that is also – still true for European culture as well. Mm -hmm. That oftentimes, you know, like medication, whether, especially if it's necessary, how about that, um, Mm -hmm. is looked down upon, like you just need to suck it up and deal with it, you know, because I've had family members that have gone through a world war and, you know, smaller wars and conflicts and uh, very big political upheavals that resulted in very difficult living conditions for people that, you know, you and I can't imagine. Right. But I notice when I visit family that that impact and that kind of mental fortitude and toughness remains in place today. There's a certain uh, kind of attitude that people carry and have. So it's very interesting to see that, you know, over here in the United States versus overseas, be it Eastern cultures or even European and, you know, anything beyond that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but but (laughs) (laughs) yeah, sure. I feel like, well, because I've only been overseas once and it was for a summer and it was not like Mm -hmm. I was still on a college campus and it was a totally different experience. But I Uh feel that the world is finally starting to understand that your mental health and your physical health are so closely related, which we talked about before. Yes. And the best way then to take care of your physical health is to take care of the mental health. And now it's starting to portray inside our tv shows inside of our movies inside of our animated shows yeah so i feel like when like some of the starting though it was still a joke you know like i feel like mental illness was still the butt end of a lot of jokes which Mm -hmm. is why i have a love-hate relationship with death the kid from soul eater yeah tell me more about that anime so death the kid is quite literally death's child (laughs) Oh, and okay. So so Soul Eater itself is you have people who can turn into weapons and then you have people who wield said weapons. Okay. And everyone wants to become Death's scythe, basically, or his tool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so to become that, you have to take a hundred souls bad guys but take a hundred souls and then one Mm -hmm. witch's soul to become worthy enough to be death's scythe or utility Uh and so death the kid is literally death's child then who has severe ocd and how does that manifest uh in the anime and how is it portrayed it's very comical everything has to have everything has to be equal for Mm -hmm. him so when he finally found his weapon or his person that turns into a weapon, he actually yeah. found sisters that turn into twin guns. And so mm-hmm. that's the only way he can be a reaper is he because like, he this has is appealing to me. <laughs> he's like, Oh, they're equal. And like, they're exactly the same. That's his yeah. whole thing. That's his sticking point is everything has to be exactly the same. Everything has to be perfect. And if mm-hmm. anything tur- like th- goes off of whack or what have you, he yeah. immediately, like, shuts down, stops working. It's like, no, this isn't for me. This isn't working. Interesting, because 
yeah, life isn't typically in these perfect segmented pieces or very orderly, right? Or black and white. There's a lot Mm -hmm. of gray area. Things are often very uncertain, Mm -hmm. uh, often unequal and unbalanced, (laughs) right? Both literally and metaphorically. Right. Um, Would you say the, the way in which the OCD is portrayed, it does give some justice to, you know, obsessive compulsive disorder? Is it more like, I know you mentioned comical, but would you say there's still that kernel of representation? I feel like while it is used a lot of the time for comedic relief, it would mm-hmm. specifically because it affects his day-to-day existence. He I see. literally cannot exist unless these things go a certain way, are done oh. a certain th- way. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of people... coming. We both have psych backgrounds, and one of my biggest pet peeves is when people use psych terms incorrectly you know your ocd isn't severe organization it is a way your brain thinks where all of these things have to happen or else something terrible is going to happen and they have to be done in this exact way the same time every day Mm -hmm. or the world is going to end and that's how he exists if something is out of place even by a hair's breadth he's like my Mm -hmm. world it's going to end i can't do this yeah and uh, to the listener that's that compulsion piece Mm-hmm. Just, you know, for those of you who may have a psych background, who may not, that uh, you're on the same kind of vocabulary here as well. Um, right. Have you noticed, apropos the, the comical bits, um, and a trigger warning too, like when suicide is used as a joke, like I'll just go and kill myself or depression, because I, I feel like I like to refer to depression as the common cold of mental illness. Oof. So, you know, there, we do go to, like, I feel like many people I've talked to have periods of time when they do feel, you know, down. But um, I feel like there's also that difference between I'm feeling sad right now or I'm actually clinically depressed. Right. And I mean, a lot yeah. of the times when it comes to a diagnosis, it only comes if it affects your day-to-day living. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's an important thing to highlight. Like, uh, doctors, uh, psychologists, psychiatrists, uh, maybe even, uh, like, licensed clinical social workers use the DSM, so the Diagnostic and uh, Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, right? Mm-hmm. And um, is like the, the gospel, uh, right, of abnormal <laughs> psychology. Um, and certainly many things have changed, like... Uh, there have some. There have been some good updates to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think D, you might know what I'm talking about. Oh, the fact that I don't know homosexuality is no longer in it. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, which it just it just blows my mind that was even in there to begin with. But well, you know, another stranger yeah, things have happened. Certainly, certainly. <laughs> um, there are certain periods of times for which. Uh, you know, these symptoms, characteristics may manifest, you know, two weeks, let's say, like, with depression, uh, Mm -hmm. some of them six months or more, and that there Mm -hmm. has to be an impairment in functioning, right? That's distressing to the individual. Yes. So that's just a little background there. But I I know you said oof, but it's true. I don't know. Like, I I feel, you know, whether one has had experienced a depressive episode or not uh Mm -hmm. it is very common like you know there's a lot of things that sometimes you might not even know what to call it you feel a certain way but you're like what is this though i can't put a label to it i just know i'm feeling bad or not like myself right and i mean and that's why the dsm is constantly changing i say oof because you're right like, I oh, want to make okay, that cool. very clear. I'm not saying that to be like, oh, yeah, no, it is. Ha ha. No, you're totally right. And the thing about the DSM, you know, now we have seasonal affect disorder, which yes. is depression that happens specifically during the winter time because it's super dark. It's super cold. We can't get outside. We're not getting that vitamin D. Yes. And it's literally acronymed SAD. I love that. <laughs> but it's it's a genuine depression issue. Yeah. People get depressed when it's not sunny, when it's super cold, and they can't move their bodies. You mm-hmm. know, we've we've talked about that mental health, physical health connection. It's it's very true and it's very real. 
Yeah, yeah. And another one of those is that you're, I think this last two years ago, PMDD. The premenstrual dysphoric disorder. Uh-huh. Which is, it's not just severe PMS. It's your menstrual cycle literally causes a depression episode. Yeah. So, yes, we. I feel like almost every single person has experienced either depression episode or depressive feelings. But again, you have to understand the difference of an episode versus a day-to-day lifestyle. Because manic depression mm-hmm. and acute depression and seasonal affect disorder are three totally different things with different things that bring them on and different yeah. symptoms. Yeah, and, and even that, like... When I hear people say, I have anxiety, like, do you have anxious feelings in this moment because you're nervous about giving, let's say, a presentation at work? Mm -hmm. Or do you literally have anxiety where you have this for prolonged periods of time? Right. And I don't want to be a stickler. Like when I talk to people, listeners, please don't get this idea that I'm sitting there like judging people (laughs) and just being like, oh, no, they've got it all wrong. (laughs) That's not valid. Because that's not the case at all. I don't do that. But uh, Mm -hmm. Because oftentimes, especially people who don't have the background, and even people with the background, I feel like you just say certain things and people know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. So then it kind of gets lost in the fray of what is actual, like, anxiety versus just anxious feelings and the ebb and flow. (laughs) Right. Because, I mean, nerves are important for human function. Yes. You, the feeling of nervousness is important evolutionarily because it keeps you safe medium level of arousal right you know fight or flight response yes yes an anxious person though thinks that they are going to die basically 24 7 (laughs) like that you are on high alert constantly Mm -hmm. and this is coming from to be a little personal here i do have anxiety i am diagnosed Mm -hmm. anxious i take medication every day to keep it under control Mm-hmm. And it's very frustrating sometimes being the person with a diagnosed issue and having someone belittle it because everyone does feel nerves. Yeah. But it's different because that ki- that sticking point of it has to affect you your daily life mm-hmm. to be a mental disorder. Yeah, yeah. And that could be uh, listeners and your ability to function – Mm-hmm. In, let's say, normal everyday circumstances, such as doing your job, uh, going to school if you're a student, um, paying your bills on time, just like those day-to-day things, taking care of yourself, taking care of others, be it, you know, kids, spouse, family members, pets, you know, does does what you're experiencing get in the way of those things? Mm-hmm. And I mean, to, to tie this back into the anime side of things, I think yeah. all of this really goes well with the new series Jujutsu Kaisen which deals with um, curses they they don't call them demons they call them curses and have you seen that show? I haven't I know we've talked about it and it's like hot dad energy and that's all I know (laughs) and it's been recommended yeah so Jujutsu Kaisen deals with curses and deals with sorcerers who then exercise those sources curses sorry Mm -hmm. lots of isses in this okay um (laughs) but so it's explained that curses come from extreme negative emotions Mm -hmm. so where you're gonna find those a lot are in schools or hospitals or places where tragedy has happened Mm -hmm. and these curses then can latch on to people and give them those thoughts and feelings and emotions that created them. Yo, that's a little too on the nose, this <laughs> anime. <laughs> exactly. That's just why I thought this was a perfect segue. Yeah. And so people then become, they can become cursed, not in a way of a witch curses you, but because you are in one of those areas where a lot of these curses exist or are very mm-hmm. strong, and then it attaches to you because you start feeling the same emotions that created them in the first place. Yeah. You know what? That's almost like, have you heard of the anime D. Gray Man? No. And it, it's also people who have experienced some kind of loss, mm-hmm. typically. Then outcomes 
this guy, the Millennium Earl, and it's kind of like making a deal with the devil at the crossroads kind of vibe. Okay. And they become, eventually become these creatures called Akuma, who are cursed and become like mindless puppets of the Millennium Earl, if you will. Okay. And there is still this base level of awareness that I I am in my body, but I'm no longer in control of my body. Oh, I don't like that. I don't yeah. like that at all. That's very yeah. dissociative. Yes, and you know what? There's uh, the like the good guys in this anime are um, they're exorcists, mm-hmm. and you know, getting rid of these akuma. But oftentimes, you find that there's some kind of tragedy or pain that has fueled this person turning into an akuma in the first place. Mm. What is this one called again? D Gray Man. D Gray Man. Let me look this up really quick because I feel like the word akuma. You know what? I know where that word's from. That's from, um, I can't, I'm gonna put myself on blast. Have you seen- Oh, what, 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 what? Have you seen, <laughs> uh, Ladybug and Chat Noir? The no. Adventures of the- okay, it's a kid's show. Okay. And I think it started in Canada. Of and course. the bad guy uses little butterflies. You know what? Honestly, this is actually a really good also portrayal. He has these little butterflies that he puts bad energy into, to put it in the simplest term possible. And he sends off this butterfly. Anytime someone in the city of Paris gets really upset or angry, he sends off this butterfly to um, attach to that person. And then that butterfly can give them powers, like Uh become a supervillain. But, you know, the powers are inevitably controlled by this initial bad guy. And he says, I need you to get the jewelry of ladybug and chat noir because they're the superheroes and if Uh you have all of the jewelry you can have like super super powers basically anyhow so it's like uh marvel like the infinity stones yes actually it's very similar to that but canadian because because once you have you know because the the bad guy has a little like um what is it called a bolo tie kind of yeah yeah and that's where his uh oh what are they called now they're like little spirits that are attached to them. And so when you okay. wear them, then they give you their power. Like the little spirit guides, kind of? Yeah, kind of, yeah. Okay, and Kwame. Okay. They're called Kwame. I like this. <laughs> this sounds very interesting. It's really cute and really sweet. And it deals with, you know, when you feel negative emotion, how mm-hmm. do you then deal with that? How do you grow from that? How can you uh, harness your emotion to where it's not going to turn you into this really bad person, basically. Yeah. And not to be, like, a whole literature teacher about <laughs> this, but, like, the symbolism of a butterfly and growth. Right? And so then when, yes. when you know, Ladybug and Chat Noir show up and they're able to break whatever piece this lady, this butterfly has possessed, then the yeah. butterfly comes free and Ladybug then purifies it and st- you know, she sets it free. And so it's like, oh, the bad feelings, like, it's set free. It's really, really cute. It's made for kids. I don't care. I, <laughs> it makes I, me happy. You know what? I I think that's important for people of all ages. And it sounds like it could resonate with young children all the way through adults. Yes. So, but again, it's like all of these series. When did, when did Grey Man come out? Oh, God. Uh... I think I was in grade school at the time. Okay, so that'll be an exception to the rule. <laughs> because, you know, JJK came out last year. Uh-huh. Ladybug and Chat Noir, I think, came out in 2014. I could yeah. be wrong. Within the last 10 years, though. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, it's these trends of mental illness and maybe even just emotions are becoming more accepted to be talked about. Yes, yes. And experienced. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta feel it to heal it is what I say. (laughs) Seriously, like, I know it's so uncomfortable sitting with bad feelings or, you know, what we dub bad feelings, but they all serve a purpose. Mm -hmm. And honestly, if you don't push through them and work through them, and you just kind of stuff, stuff, stuff it down, Mm -hmm. they're gonna come out, girl. Oh, yeah. And sometimes it leads to blow ups. (laughs) Right? Girl. The new, so listeners, we're recording this on the 20th of, of March, and I just watched the new Jujutsu Kaisen movie two days ago when uh-huh. it came out in the Americas. And it, 
literally follows the main character who is cursed or believes that he is cursed uh-huh. by a childhood friend who they they loved each other basically like it was a very mm-hmm. innocent very pure childhood you know they just cared they loved each other very much yeah um and the girl dies mm-hmm. and when she dies she curses him so Why, she's though? with him always well the curse didn't really work that way it kind of worked both ways where he couldn't let her go i see okay so his emotion then tied her to him and oh. it ends up in this huge fight scene where she like like it's just massive and their their connection of this emotion that they couldn't work through yeah. literally does end up in this massive like almost nuke fallout of not working through that grief that each of them had of of power the, actually because she's power. a curse and so the connect the strong connection they have means the curse is stronger so she has more power that is a trip and a half. It's it's very symbolic and it's so accurate of not being able to let things go mm-hmm. can give you power, but it can hurt yourself. Well, it most often does, right? Right. Gosh, I, I mean, that can play out in so many r- ways. Like when you have toxic family members, toxic friendships, toxic romantic relationships, right? Mm-hmm. The people mm-hmm. that like, aren't good together, but for whatever reason, keep on coming back to one another. Yep. And we... Yeesh. We, we can get into that <laughs> later. Um, <laughs> but it's it's definitely a... You get used to a certain environment. You get used to a certain zone that feels safe to you, that feels comfortable to you. Which is also, you know, what happens with people with anxiety is that, mm-hmm. you know, if you grow up surrounded by relationships that are toxic that are maybe not violent but very emotional then you only Insidious feel comfortable in a way. yeah you only feel comfortable in those same environments when you get older yeah oh which sure is, oh sure which is why people cause chaos for themselves because it's all they ever know so that's what's comfortable to them yeah i think like yeah what you're surrounded by whether it's the nature nurture thing And what is modeled for you, you internalize and it's like becoming aware of the trends that you see these patterns of behavior and then consciously either stopping it with yourself Mm -hmm. or just continuing to indulge and see how well that works out for you. Right. And I feel like a really good parallel to that when it comes to anime is our beloved All for One in Shigaraki. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Tell me more about it, girl. With baby Shiggy's tragic fucking background, man, of just abuse and Mm -hmm. emotional gaslighting, you know? His dad constantly telling him that you can't be what you want to be because that's not, it's just not allowed. You know, that's, our household doesn't allow that. And it's, you know, trigger warning, it's shown that his dad you know, beats him sometimes mm-hmm. because of it, because he yeah. won't let Shiggy won't listen. And from that, <laughs> here's, here's the sad parallel with Shigaraki is because mm-hmm. after he, uh, what do I want to say here? Murders the whole fam. <laughs> well, I was going to say, um, spoiler alert, kills his oh, entire oops. family. <laughs> Y'all can back that up. There's a rewind button for a reason. (laughs) But yeah, while my co-host is pulling it together, like after then he feels remorse and there's a great deal of sadness there. Yes, he's confused. He's a child. He's yes. He just killed his entire family. He has no idea what's going on. He has blood on his hands. Yes. And now he has no home Physically or emotionally. And so he's walking the streets, looking for a hero, trying to, like, just get help. And no one helps him. Yeah, very vulnerable. Until a predator, all for one. Until a predator comes and says, ooh, this is a little snack that I can use in my plots and plans. I'll just take this with me and royally Mm. fuck him up mentally until he is my pawn who trusts only me and believes in only me. Yeah, yeah, like indoctrinated him completely. Mm -hmm. 
um, which then I feel Shigaraki takes to a grander scale, like the, um, what is that word, like proselytize, when you're just trying to convert the masses. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, through, like, the culture of fear and violence, which just continues to pe- perpetuate itself. And then how fucked up with the hands. Oh, God, yes. Tell, tell our beloved listeners about those things. The, the hands that Shigaraki wears are his dead family's hands. Granted, I don't know how much I believe of that, because they seem to get destroyed in battle, and then he shows up with more of them. So I don't yeah. know if he was just made to believe these are your family's hands. Or if they actually ever were. Because all for one, all for one is fucking sneaky. Yeah, what, what's <laughs> what's in the canon, though, you know? <laughs> I know. I honestly can't remember. I think it's like, because he destroys his family. Like Yes, yeah. So I honestly doubt that those were ever his family's actually hand, like actual hands. If, but... I would not pat- put it past all for one to be like, you know what? I'm going to make some molds of these hands, though, <laughs> before true. they fully crumble to dust, which is impressive because with that power of decay, that is instant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But then, like, on the flip side, you have a character like Togo, who, if I remember correctly, she had a, like, a positive home environment. I think... Right? I like, think relatively was- normal? relatively normal until her quirk registered until they caught her trying to use it yeah and then she was deemed a monster yeah and again also uh manifested when she was a young child right and so i think it could be very well related of other mental illness because i mean like for example um like autism Mm -hmm, i think mm -hmm. doesn't really present until your child, I mean, it's always there, obviously, but you don't realize yeah. it until your child is missing so-called, like, what are, so- what are those called? Um, like, social cues. I mean, yeah, it, yeah. Um, for for many, you could, they say, like, as young as two or three, sometimes even younger in the cases that do require more support. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, some people present as very, like, typically developing, quote-unquote, until there's some kind of regression. So we understand there's a spectrum there, and we right. want, want to be mindful of that, yeah. The the word I was looking for is milestone. <laughs> oh, I, so, I like, said social cue, so I totally missed that No, no, well. you're fine. Because, I mean, you as a, as a human, you have milestones that you reach as your child, you know, whether it's yes. walking or talking and, or conversing with others and then, you know, the social aspect of things. And at some point on a spectrum, someone with autism would start to fall behind, quote unquote. I don't like yes. that terminology. It's just that they run differently than the average person kind of totally. thing. Totally, you know? yeah. It's a, t- it's a different system upgrade, you know? And it's... <laughs> Yes. So when they start missing milestones, that's when you start to see it. And so I feel like that's the same mm-hmm. thing with quirks of when you start to see it manifesting, then you have a problem or not. And instead mm. of meeting her and explaining to her what the quirk was and maybe what could be socially acceptable or not, I don't know how mm-hmm. you would work with that. It's a blood drinking quirk, but you know, oh. I'm sure something could have come of it that would be positive, but instead they wanted to just lock her away and call her crazy and say, you can't do that. Yeah, it's often what is different is misunderstood, but different is just different. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And that's like with no positive or negative connotations attached to that for those who are listening. Right, I mean, that's literally the simplest, most easiest Occam's razor way of putting it. Different is different. Mm-hmm. And it does not, and that's on period. Yes, and that's <laughs> that's it. But you know, we people fear the unknown, and they demonize the unknown. Mm-hmm. And so, as soon as someone shows social cues that are different, or talking patterns, or behaviors that are different, it's mm-hmm. an unknown, and that needs to be shunned. Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and then you lead to, as we've titled it before, agents of chaos, who just you know say. They have no morality then anymore. They have had everyone turn their back on him. And the only people who believed in them were using them as pawns, whether or not they realized that. Which is so tragic. Yeah, so incredibly tragic. And um, we had also discussed the anime Kakeguri where, yeah, this one mysterious girl comes into the school and just messes up the whole structure, the whole hierarchy 
and social structure and like that's the kind of chaotic good that I can appreciate <laughs> a little bit, you know, at sometimes when because her an- energy matched the energy of the blonde girl, right? I don't yes. remember the name. So yeah, that's really helpful, especially when you like have no visuals to accompany this. You're like the blonde one with the long hair and the problematic behavior. Um but like, you know what I mean? Where like th- this other agent of chaos and you're just like not sure where her limits lie, kind of what the intentions are, why she's doing this, who is mm-hmm. she? And she's just like, I feel like fucking this whole thing up. And I was like, yes, girl, we love to see it. I I know like Kakiguri is a whole other beast in itself and, and how it's run. Yeah. But I would really be interested to know you know, the main character's background and and where she comes from and who she is. Apparently, she's coming from this rich family, but she really only exists to watch the world burn, and I want to know why. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're kind of like, good for her, but on, on the other end, you're just like, oh my gosh. Because right, <laughs> I feel like a lot of these characters, they're not really doing this for themselves. They don't really care about the outcome so much as just... Hmm bloodlust they're they're they are here for a good time and not a long time and their goals shigaraki quote-unquote has goals but does he does he really understand what he wants i don't think he does i don't think he gets it yeah like it's just like large-scale hedonism Mm. in one way or another whether that's violence whether that's a monetary thing like gaining social mm-hmm. standing in some way uh simply showing you can do something for the sake of just doing it yeah. like i'm going to like in shigaraki's case i'm just going to cause chaos for the sake of chaos mm-hmm. which i would argue is like even more terrifying right like yes i <laughs> just like, okay, I live in a urban area, right? Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of uh, gun violence out here. Mm-hmm. And it's like the fact that someone can just go outside if they own any kind of weapon, not say limited to guns, but just like anyone, because you can use your hands, right, for all you care. Oh, yeah. Um, and just go out and kill someone just because you feel like it. Mm-hmm. That's so scary to me. That's so incredibly scary. That's that's like the meme going around on like Instagram and TikTok where you're just sitting somewhere and your brain just goes, I could really kill someone right now, but I won't. I won't do that, but I could. And it's like... That's, oh, God. <laughs> that right <laughs> the there... That was memed. That right there, though, is like also a perfect, represe- perfect representation of intrusive thoughts. Ah. Let's dive a little deeper. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> intrusive thoughts are quite literally thoughts you can't control. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then... You have racing thoughts, mm-hmm. which is like, you cannot get your mind to shut up. Right. It's That's my clinical summary. <laughs> you know, a lot of people say, you know, a train track or just a thought process, it should go A, B, C, D, E. Yeah, well, some people go from A to Z and then back to G, and there is absolutely no fucking way to get mm-hmm. it to go in a linear pattern. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in all honesty, good luck. And there's, again, as we keep going back to it, there's nothing wrong with that. It's how do you live with it then? (laughs) Yeah, like, especially if you uh, consider yourself neurodivergent, Mm -hmm. you just find different ways as you get older to work with it. Right. And, you know, live to the the fullest. And this is uh, for quote unquote neurotypical, neurodivergent people. I mean, I, I think... Yeah, like, we're all finding ways to just do the best we can. Along the lines of agents of chaos, Mm -hmm. uh, I found this topic that we were discussing a little bit also very interesting, like, the the physical and the literal and mental monsters, right, that Mm. people carry inside of themselves. And for some people, there's a tempest brewing beneath the surface. Yeah. It's not as obvious. Like, some people present as so, quote-unquote, normal, Mm -hmm. but then have have things or are doing things that you're like oh my goodness Mm -hmm. if you only knew right right um and in this case uh i wanted to take it to two different animes one of which is attack on titan where people have like these literal monsters that get unleashed oh yeah like times of high stress 
or just unconsciously, right? Like as the series progresses, you have people who are very much aware of that and they just activate like Titan mode. Yeah. Titan mode. Yeah, you know, go full Titan or whatever, power up. Um, (laughs) It's just thinking Autobots roll out. It's like Titans power up. (laughs) Honk. Hee-haw. And then uh, the manga that was later adapted into like uh, three different movies, I think Berserk, um, the character of Griffith, who Guts originally thought was one way. And he turned out to be a spoiler alert, a complete monster mm. at the like the very pinnacle of the third movie. Okay, but as the each movie kind of progresses, you see these different sides of the character that you're like, oh, that's a little bit unsavory what he did or said there. Mm-hmm. And this main character guts, who was just kind of like a mercenary, a lonesome mercenary, you know, joins this band and what he originally thought was like a really good idea, like, oh, this person is fighting for the same things that I am and blah, blah, blah. But then comes to question that as things progress, eventually culminating to this just like awful thing that I want to talk about. But if if y'all are brave enough to see it or read about it, um, but it ends in like literally the the madness of one character like um and uh guts in a way kind of resolving his fortitude to be like griffin griffith has to die and i would and i and i agree with guts but um yeah you it's it's a twist like you may have kind of seen coming but you didn't realize it would be unleashed in such a big bad way Mm. yeah okay and you know like the, the, like the anime is the uh, mystical sense where it's like you know these monsters these creatures but for humans like that can manifest in so many things like namely what i can think of is uh addictions right yeah whether yeah that's like uh, drugs overconsumption of like alcohol uh even pornography like things we don't really think about mm-hmm. um so i don't know just it was just food for thought something that i thought was interesting no i i like how um there's a difference i feel like of agents of chaos where you've got an outward representation and then an internal representation Mm, mm -hmm, you know and mm -hmm. there's it's again it's kind of going back to like it's the present behaviors that people focus on versus the internal Mm -hmm. behaviors yes so i mean like a, a character like light from death note Absolute god complex. Absolute narcissist. Absolute psychopath or sociopath. Like, he thinks that he is right and wrong. But on the outside, he was this calm, normal student who just happened to find a book that he can write people's names in and kill them. Yeah. Judge, jury, executioner. Yes. And he just rolled with it. He's like, yeah, I know right and wrong. I'm just going to start killing people that are wrong to my moral compass and saw nothing wrong with that like <laughs> that is so scary to me right and i mean it's you know what do you fear i don't want to say fear but i mean what would we see socially is worse the quiet sociopath who ends mm-hmm. up killing how many people or like cult leaders who are able to get people to follow them to do horrific things. Yeah. Or do we deal with someone who manifests physical issues? Whether it's like when you said attack on Titan, you know, these beast forms or someone I was, Mm -hmm. I just happened to look up because I'm in my game room. So I have all these posters of like Bakugo. His quirk is explosion. His personality Mm -hmm. is anger, Mm -hmm. but he's still a good person. You know, he has anger issues, yeah. but it's not something that then define. I mean, it does define kind of who he is as a, as that, but he's not a bad yeah. person. Yeah, and I I think like each of those different presentations you bring up are just a whole Pandora's box, right? <laughs> of, yeah, different considerations. Uh, like in the case of light, it's like this really warped sense of vigilante justice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the benefit of being the quiet one, the unsuspecting one that can just kind of blend in and therefore is like the one that sits under your nose the whole time mm-hmm. and is like, psycho is me the whole time, dabs on him. <laughs> um, 
versus the people that are so in your face and want you to know, like have no shame whatsoever, which is also its own problem, mm-hmm. you know, versus being cold and calculating, which you can also de- do while being shameless. Right. Yeah. Um, I think it's important uh, to me as powerful an emotion as anger is shame and guilt are also so powerful if not more powerful yeah and i mean with bakugo he has a lot of guilt he has a lot of internalized guilt on being the best and being better and being strong and strong enough to protect people or keep people safe but also strong enough Mm -hmm. to protect himself because bless his goddamn heart he has been taken by villains multiple times. Has and been, turned into a marble. Has been put in horrific situations. And instead of working through that, mm-hmm. you know, he comes home to a mom who said, if you were just stronger, it wouldn't have happened to you. And that is a problem. <sighs> that is not oh, how God. you react to a traumatic event. Absolutely not. It's such a loaded statement to make. <sighs> That's like my whole other soapbox i could get onto and i don't need to get onto it right now (laughs) no it's i'm glad you brought that up because it's like a very yuck thing like uh, if you wouldn't want that said to yourself like how can you say that to anyone especially as a parent to their own child Mm -hmm. gross but yeah i mean (laughs) i was just gonna say to come back to shame and guilt so that we don't get way off on this one um you know the the bad guys the people who are bad guys that's lacking, 100%. Severely. Yeah, if anything, that's like the very last emotion on the spectrum that they're going to be feeling. Because some of them, in their like evolution to being this villain, still like the, the remnants of humanity are sliver thin, right? Mm-hmm. And it's hanging on by the thread that is called guilt or shame. <laughs> really? It do like be a very, like that. <laughs> it do be like that. And like a very thin thread, mind you. Mm-hmm. And, like, sometimes it, it they they do things that you're like, oh, wow, oh, my gosh, like, there's hope after all. And then other times you're like, oh, not, not a possibility, not a consideration anymore. Right. And I'm sure someone's going to come for me eventually in the comments um, because I, I stay on my fuck endeavor train here. And then they'll be like, well, he has shame and guilt. Yeah, now, like, 20 years later, okay, no. I know, too, too little, too late. Yeah, big butt aside. <laughs> Juicy booty aside, he's a shit person. I, you cannot yeah. convince me otherwise. No, and I completely agree with you. As much as I joke about the juicy booty, I'm just like, <laughs> no, he's 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 an asshole. He is. So, so I'm the only one rebuking you in the comments. It's me the whole time. <laughs> it's just you playing your goddamn devil's advocate with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it only leads back to that. But, um, oh God, but... Also, in the realm of God complex and maybe like antisocial characteristics is Ryo from Doubleman Crybaby, Mm. where from the beginning, I thought he was shitty. Like, (laughs) Akira was always, you know, sensitive and caring. And this asshole completely took advantage of that like honestly mm-hmm. and it's so ironic right given like you know he's dressed all in white and has a bowl cut which are like that's its own issue just kidding not hating on anyone with a bowl cut but <laughs> um you know he the the fact that he put his friend in this situation right enough to have him be possessed in the first place and integrated with the devil man and spoiler alert leading to the end of the world Mm. and the only friend he ever had the only person that ever accepted him and forgave him despite you know what happened Mm -hmm. and then only once it's too late the world is ending he's alone in the world he's like oh my god what have i done yeah well i mean because he too wanted to trigger that right isn't ryu like the devil he was uh, a type of angel, I think. Well, because that's why I thought he was the devil, because technically Lucifer is a fallen angel. Oh, true, true. And that's um, what I yeah. thought, which may- which makes the God complex really fucking funny, you know, religious-wise. Of <laughs> Yeah, he finally, like, ach- achieved the peak. Of course Lucifer would have a goddamn God complex. Like, what are you talking about? Uh. <laughs> But I really yeah, did think yeah. that he was the devil. And, like, that's how he had 
access to all of that, you know. You know what? I think you're right. Um, It's been a few years. (laughs) There's a lot of things in my brain that I'm like, (laughs) we filed that away somewhere else. (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, great point. I mean, but he's an asshole. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so many just problematic things. But then it's like the other side is the introvert. Because I'm so glad as we were discussing just the whole antisocial versus introvert misconception. Yes. Do you kind of want to break down the the very important distinctions between these two things? Yes. So we were talking before we got started. Um, one of my biggest pet peeves is when people say, oh, I'm just so antisocial. I don't want to go out. <laughs> I don't like people. Ugh. No, you're introverted. Okay. You are introverted. You have you, you don't like to hang out with people or people drain you like energetically. That's fine. But antisocial is a legit personality disorder, and it's called yes. sociopathy. It's a mental disorder in which a person consistently shows no regard for right and wrong and ignores the rights and feelings of others. That is antisocial. Okay, you not wanting to go out on a Friday night and want to stay home with your wine and your anime, that's introvert. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I have no experience in this, I promise. <laughs> you cannot like people in general. I don't really care for people. I don't like crowded areas. I don't like dealing with customers mm-hmm. for customer service. But I have empathy. I wouldn't want to actually, like, I don't know, murder Hurt anybody. People. Yes. Yeah. Like, just because the woman in front of me at the grocery store is driving me insane because she won't fucking move doesn't mean I want to put a knife through her skull. Like, I'm not antisocial. I'm introverted. Yeah. And also along the introverted train, I myself am an introvert, but uh, sometimes I would say extroverted introvert. Mm -hmm. But that's a whole other thing. But (laughs) lots of buts. (laughs) You're still stuck on Endeavor's Juicy Booty. That's what's happening. Yeah, it's, see, that's why I don't remember all this stuff from Devilman Crybaby. Because that ass, though, takes up a lot of s- <laughs> space rent-free in my brain. <laughs> but, I you know, if you're an introvert... Oh, no, I'm sorry. It's right. <laughs> if, you're an, if you're an introvert, that also means, like, you need to recharge by yourself. Where mm-hmm. you're an extrovert, you get that energy from being around people and being in social situations. That energy meter is not really depleted as readily as it is for us introverts. Mm-hmm. Where the threshold is reached, the cup runneth over, and I need to go home or need everyone to leave. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's very much, ever since that whole idea of a social battery came out, I think within the last decade or so, that is, Mm -hmm. that's exactly, it's exactly accurate. How do you charge your mental battery? Do you charge it by being with people or do you charge it by being alone? And that's the difference. Yes. Yeah. So while it may not be wine and anime, it is certainly juice that I juiced myself and a spooky movie. (laughs) (laughs) And, and that's the fuel. But on the introverted side, the character that I can think of is Al from Death Note, mm-hmm. where he is seen as he's seen as eccentric, right? Yes. Because he is hella smart, mm-hmm. different, but very much an introvert. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's really good. A- I, I honestly wonder if L is on some kind of spectrum just because the way he sees things. Yeah. He sees connections mm-hmm. that no one else sees. He's able to... Not just see the connections, but make them very rapidly. He can yes. pinpoint these patterns of of actions and uh, personalities. And it's like all of a sudden mm-hmm. he has this whole <laughs> board of like red web that makes sense. And everyone else is just mm-hmm. like, we just got this evidence 30 hours ago. Like, how do you already have the culprit with no physical evidence kind of thing? Like, he's mm-hmm. just... And I think that also plays into that introverted part of introverts, I feel like, are very good at reading a room because yes. we need to know if we need to leave. <laughs> yeah, I think, like, tend to be more sensitive to people's vibes, mm-hmm. uh, the social cues, because mm-hmm. you're okay being, like, in the back mm-hmm. and responding accordingly. Right. And I feel it's not yeah. saying that extroverts can't. I feel like right. it's how we would deal with it in different ways, where an mm-hmm, extrovert mm-hmm. would sense something's off and then go, hey, why is it feeling off in here? Like, what's going on? Let's let's work through this. Like, do we need to fight? Is that what's going to get this over with? Because we can do that. Whereas the introvert would go... <laughs> Does someone need to be put through a table right this moment? 
Right. But the introvert would say, this is not worth my battery consumption. I'm going to go. Yes, absolutely. And and there's a lot of power to being an introvert. So that's that's my manifesto. That's my one sentence manifesto. Yes, that's, that's my off related topic of um, there's always these articles like news articles on oh you're an introvert here's six ways to get put yourself out there but you never see an article of oh you're an extrovert here's six ways to shut up sometimes (laughs) (laughs) you can't just be having introverts put themselves out there like sometimes an extrovert needs to put themselves away a little bit so that we can all exist in the same playing field Oh my god. Fair yeah. is fair, I, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I need you to write that other half of the manifesto and have it published by tomorrow morning. <laughs> and on that note, I think we need to go recharge our batteries. Oh, is, is our battery dead? Is that what's happening? <laughs> it is uh, being depleted. <laughs> being depleted as we speak. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> yes, out. Just end, end the connection. Well, thank you, everyone, then, for listening. If you've enjoyed it thus far, leave a like, a rating, subscribe, a bookmark, send us to your friends, post us on Instagram, Twitter, I don't care. Get it out there that we're cool and worth listening to. And we greatly appreciate all that you do. If you learned something today, let us know. Spread the word. You know, we do have degrees. We are intelligent people. (laughs) And we just like anime. So it works. Yes, yes. Anime makes sense. (laughs) It does. Make it make sense. Watch anime. (laughs) Hashtag. But until next week, stay alive, friends. Bye. Bye.